AI in recruiting, the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to the audio version of Let's Humanize the Workplace. My guest speaker for today is Michael Grunewald, who is a manager at EY Consulting. He focuses on managing data and AI projects. And Michael is a true advocate for fostering belonging through inclusive and values-driven leadership. Welcome, Michael. Yes, thank you. For did I, did I forget something in your bio? Uh, uh, no, no, it sounds good. Yeah, it's uh, data science and AI. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the bio, it works for me. So <laughs> Thank you. And I have to ask this question to everybody. So what is your definition of humanizing the virtual workspace? Yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, when I consider the virtual, you know, also like the, the real life workplace, um, for me, when I think about humanizing, I think about characteristics such as uh, empathy, uh, being able to listen, I think, uh, being, to be, uh, being supportive. I think those are characteristics that traditionally are not necessarily that valued in the business world. Um, business will focus on stuff like the ego, on winning, on the self, mm -hmm. uh, making a lot of money at all costs. And I think like those other characteristics that I mentioned are like, they're yeah, undervalued, but I think um, those are actually the characteristics that yeah, really keep teams and societies together. And also like when you look at when you're in a crisis situation, as we all have been for quite some time now, I think those characteristics like really help uh, people get through it. So uh, yeah, those those are just some of my thoughts when I think about humanizing the workplace. I think uh, also traditionally, of course, there's been like this dichotomy almost in uh, what was considered like uh, male characteristics, what were considered female characteristics, like empathy and being supportive were more considered like female characteristics. Uh, but at the same time, when I look at myself, like uh, I would say those are like two of the most important characteristics for me. And I think those are really necessary if you really want to humanize the workplace. and. Uh, the fact that they are not a part of the current workplace also really shows that, yeah, how much it has been uh, male-dominated, the workplace, specifically white male-dominated. Mm -hmm. And then you see a focus on certain characteristics and other ones are then uh, left out of the, the discussion and equation. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's my answer. I also find it interesting that you make it, you put on your, your bio, your LinkedIn bio, you yeah. mentioned uh, about fostering belonging through inclusive and values-driven leadership, maybe to help the listeners. Maybe can you yeah. elaborate what you mean by that and how you are implementing it in, in during this virtual workplace or this virtual situation that we are in right now? Yeah, of course, like for me, because uh, yeah, I, I'm not like a consultant working mm -hmm. in the field of the, uh, the EI, but uh, what I can say is like, for me, it's more like, okay, the way that I approach my role as a manager, um, it's like more like how I treat other people. So when I talk about being values driven, it's more like, okay, based on my own personal values, like, okay, how do I feel that I should be, should be behaving, how I should be treating people. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's about. And uh, yeah, the inclusive part is just like, um, like, well, I've been around a long time already. Um, and of course, I, I also know like how it might feel to be not included, or I've seen other people who might have been treated badly. So it's more like, okay, uh, I need to, if you, if you say that you're about values, you also need to model the behavior. So like when I talk about being inclusive, I think like the way for me to be as a manager or as a project leader or whatever is to then also try to include all different kinds of people, um, all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of mindset. You need to be able to, uh, I think you need to be able to be open and flexible to, to, to be able to deal with uh, all those the very variations that you might see in, in people. So that's why I feel like, okay, being inclusive is important because yeah, you, you don't want to push people out of out of a company or whatever situation. So I think you need to be open to that so that everyone can feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. so, uh, for me, it's something sure. that's also uh, that I see it as something that everyone could or should be doing, um, not just the 
that the, the consultants that say that they focus on diversity and inclusion was more like, okay, if you're a manager, like I'm also more like the old school manager, like back in the days when I was in college, like you would get courses like management and organization and organization psychology. Um, but that really focuses also on like the, the human side, on the, the psychology side, on the communication side. So uh, and I th think maybe nowadays, specifically in tech companies, maybe the focus is less on those kinds of courses, just focus more on the technical side. Uh, but that also then means that you lose sight of other things that are important because at the end of the day, yeah, you're dealing with humans. Um, so you also need to be uh, skillful in that area and also be able yeah. to like be sensitive to yeah, what, what, what works for people and like how, how people react to certain situations. So uh, yeah, that's, that's why, uh, why I've put that there. Yeah, and we all know that diversity drives innovation, especially for the company that wants to be more innovative. Yeah, I'm just yeah, putting yeah. a hint there that yeah, diversity yeah, 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 yeah. is the, the key element in innovation. Yeah. Going to your 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 domain is artificial intelligence. Yeah. What is the good about using AI within recruiting? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I think uh, like potentially uh, AI can provide like a more standardized and a more methodical process uh, when it comes to evaluating candidates. Uh, it can be more transparent. Um, and in a way that can, can also allow you to like be more objective in the way that you uh, evaluate your candidates and also really bring to light areas where you would see that, well, actually you might not be that objective. Um, essentially, when I look at AI uh, in this context, in a recruiting context, I would say that it provides a mirror essentially uh, of how people have historically judged or evaluated candidates uh, because the AI essentially, uh, the current generation of AI just, just you learn from the data that it is presented. So, and the data in this case comes from humans. They have historically been judging or evaluating candidates. So if they had certain biases or exclusionary practices, then the AI will actually make that crystal clear, uh, undeniably clear even. Um, so I think that is a good thing. Um, and there's also, of course, uh, a danger there because like if it learns from uh, what people have done in the past, of course, if it's left unchecked, uh, if there's no supervision, uh, then we'll just repeat those same patterns over and over again. So that's of course also uh, yeah, a, a danger there. But then again, like, yeah, I think uh, technology is, does not um, yeah, come to, uh, into existence within a vacuum. So essentially, yeah, there are always humans there. So if people that make the choice not to supervise it, then that also tells you a lot about other people. So uh, yeah. That's very interesting. And um, I'm also curious to why it is important for leaders to pay attention of the ethical use of AI in recruiting. What should leaders be knowing or what should leaders be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, things that leaders need to look at is that, um, yeah, if left unchecked, mm -hmm. uh, the AI, then, yeah, like I said, like you will essentially be repeating the same patterns or the same nonsense that has been historically there. I think the word bias is used a lot, but bias is the, is the nice word. Um, mm -hmm. What we're actually talking about is racism, racism and sexism and all those other isms. They will just be repeated if you just train the system based on all data without any thought in it or without any supervision. So I think that's something that's reason for leaders to be mindful of the ethical side. You don't want to repeat that. And the other thing is that uh, when you use technology like this, um, it can standardize things. It can make it more methodical. But at the same time, you don't want to reduce people. You don't want to reduce humans to just numbers or data points. Uh, there's always a story behind the data. And I think that's also something that you need to consider like, okay, regardless of the outcomes of the system, there's still like a human behind it. Um, and this provides you maybe uh, a snapshot or might provide you some input about a person, but that does not necessarily have to mean the whole, be the whole story. 
So yeah, I think the, those are things that I think uh, would be important for you to keep in mind when using the technology in this context, specifically the ethical things that you need to consider. I'm also curious if I am going as a company or as a leader, if I yeah. want to purchase a certain software that is helping me with the mirror aspect. So helping me see the man yeah. in the mirror to prevent yeah. the bias. How will I know if this tool or the software will support me in in my decision to become more, uh, more, more uh, in my decision to amplify DEI within the company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that really has to do with the person using the technology, like whether it will assist you or not. Because, like, for instance, um, I think there's a lot of talk about bias in AI, and I actually personally think that's also a lot of deflection. Mm -hmm. uh, deflection tactic because like when you talk about the bias in the AI as if that's the problem that also means that you're not talking about the humans mm -hmm. uh, but like I said like AI mm -hmm. didn't just come into existence like uh, the bias that it learned well it learned from data and the data came from humans so it learned the bias from humans if people don't supervise the technology then that's also on, on humans because like yeah AI isn't going to supervise itself so yeah you, all, in, in so many areas you see humans and so I think like when people try to point to the bias in AI like it's a deflection tactic you're not talking about the, the real issue um, and also, like, even if you want to talk about bias in AI, actually, by its very nature, it's actually way easier to um, make bias transparent in AI than in humans, because in humans, you always get a discussion, well, no, I didn't do that, or exactly. I was looking at something else, blah, blah, blah. But in AI, it's like you, you just look at the statistical patterns, so that basically the system tells you, like, yeah, no matter what you said, this is what I see, and I'm looking at your own data. So, And then when it's transparent, like, your question, like, okay, how will you know if it can support you? Yeah, it really has to do with you yourself as a leader, because like, if you if you've looked at it, for instance, uh, and you've determined a bias, then you as a leader or as a company uh, need to ask yourself the question like, okay, am I okay with what I found? Um, that there's a big difference in hiring, or do I want to do something about it? Um, if you decide to not do something about it, then okay, but later on you might need to explain yourself. Then if you find out, because then they see like, okay, there's a big bias in there. You knew about it and you did nothing. But another situation can also be like if you actually don't use the technology. And then maybe later on there isn't a bias or there could be a bias, but then people can also make question like, okay, don't, didn't you even care? Or don't, are you not even aware of the fact that this might be something that you would need to look at? So I think like, yeah, it, it is just a tool and like how it can support you. Yeah, it, it can support you, but it really has to do with like, okay, your own intentions and your own mindsets. Um, because even if there's bias, it isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's more like, okay, if you're transparent, like uh, and aware of the fact that it's a bias and it's documented, then you know, like, okay, maybe in this situation, I can use this technology, but maybe in other situations I can. For instance, like, if I make a recruiting tool and it's based on people from the Netherlands only, then maybe it only works well for people in the Netherlands. And when I would try to apply it in other countries, maybe it, it doesn't work that well. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're transparent about, like, the, the training data that was used, then, okay, then when someone wants to use then you know that. But for instance, you can also market it and say, like, okay, this works for everyone. We've tested with, with a lot of people. So you can apply it in South America or in Australia or in Russia or whatever. But yet, you don't necessarily know if it will work there. So that's why I say, yeah. like, bias is necessarily a bad thing, but as, as long as you are transparent about it and you actually uh, follow the methodical work process, um, because yeah, you can actually, you can check, you can check to see, like, okay, what is the composition of my input data? And I think also important, like, even regardless of your input data, you can also test at the end, like, okay, you have a model and try to see, like, okay, how does it actually function with different groups of interest? Um, do, do men and women, for instance, have equal opportunity? Do people with a different uh, ethnic background have an equal opportunity when it comes to like uh, the recruiting process that you've now done through an AI system? Uh, you can check at the end also to see like if the, if the outcomes are the same. So yeah, I think it really has to do with with the mindset of the person itself. Like, okay, if it can help you or not. If, if you want it to help you, then it can. 
Uh, and if you don't at all, then it won't. You mentioned something about what people are saying about AI as a deflection matter. Yeah. Is that a way for people to just say, okay, we cannot use AI because it, uh, it cannot decrease the bias in recruiting. So therefore we cannot amplify DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion in our company. Is that? Oh, uh, that, that, that can also be that they would do it like that and say like, okay, no, for that reason, we cannot use it, exactly. Uh, but exactly it would actually make your bad stuff transparent. And when it's, once it's transparent, then yeah, you feel like, okay, then you really need to do something about it because people know about it then. Uh, so I think that that can be an issue there um, because yeah, people are always like conservative and reluctant to embrace new technologies because they are, everyone sees themselves as a big professional. But when it comes to these kinds of things, like, yeah, people want like to say like, okay, like for instance, I'm, I'm not the supporter of the whole unconscious bias thought of train because I'm like, okay, when people have been doing stuff for so long, then of course, if you've been doing stuff for centuries, if you've been yeah, actively uh, embracing, yeah. exactly. but if you've actually been embracing racism and sexism for centuries, mm -hmm. then of course yeah. it will, will be second nature. Then of course you won't give it any thought because this is your nature. Like this is how you've been taught generation to generation. But that does not mean that it is unconscious. It's more like it has been learned. It yeah. has been so rooted that it has become part of your nature of your whole society. Uh, but that's a different thing than unconscious bias. So I think, yeah, if you would then use, that could be a way to say like, okay, I'm not going to use the AI because well, actually it will make everything clear because that's yeah. the thing with the technology, because even though it's called artificial intelligence, that also is kind of misleading because there's actually no real understanding in the current generation of AI. But what it does do is look at statistical patterns and correlations. So it will statistically show you uh, with a, a certain significance level that, well, actually I see quite clearly that there's a bias here, that you are quite clearly uh, benefiting certain people while disadvantaging other people. Um, so yeah, that could be a way. And I think another thing that I also see is that sometimes like maybe stuff goes wrong and instead of looking at themselves then, then they say like, okay, it wasn't us, it, it was a technology. There's a bias in the technology. But like I said, like it, it does not come out of nowhere. Like people create the systems, uh, the data in this context specifically that also comes from people. And if people choose not to supervise it or not to test it for different groups, then again, that, that's people doing that. So yeah, I think it's, uh, that's why I think like it's, uh, it's, it's easy to, to use it as a deflection, but when you really know about AI, then, then you say like, well, actually uh, it's, it's just a mirror and it's actually way easier to determine the bias in the AI and try to do something about it than to do something about the bias that is in people. Exactly. Because what can be, can you maybe share examples of how painful AI can be if the negative version is implemented in within the tool? So maybe share some examples of what people can witness as a negative thing for it to block a company from amplifying DEI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If for instance, like an example could be like, uh, indeed, like when you do it in recruiting to them, like, okay, whether someone will get a job or not, but also maybe when you're, you're judging loan applications, for instance, mm -hmm. like, uh, because you also like historically also have inequity there, but certain people would get a loan more easily than other people. And how they can work, like maybe you would say like, okay, I don't want to build a system that is uh, that will discriminate between people. So I don't want it to discriminate between men and women. And I don't want to dis the system to discriminate between white and between black people or other people. Um, and then you might say, like, okay, I'm going to train the system, but I'm going to remove those characteristics. I'm not going to include the gender. I'm not going to include the race. Um, and some people then think like, well, okay, then I'm done. So the system cannot end up being racist or sexist or whatever. But the re reality is like the way stuff works is like, um, there are also other variables or other characteristics that can be related to that. So you might not have the race, but based on other characteristics, you can actually, to a certain degree of certainty, say, like, okay, I'm pretty certain that that will be a white person or a black person yeah, or whatever person, exactly. or man or woman. So those are things that you then need to think about. And it also has a lot to do with the fact that how technology has evolved. Now, 
like nowadays everyone is talking about like big data so everyone thinks like okay if there's so much data like if i have a lot of data then it's okay but actually you still need to look at like okay the quality of the data and the composition of the data um back in the days like we didn't have big data uh, we didn't have the cloud computing so you also you always had small data sets and when you have a small sample instance in statistics then you always need to look at like okay is it a good representation of the the bigger population um mm -hmm. are all the characteristics do are they properly represented so yeah, back in the days, that was really part of the thinking. And now with the whole big data, it seems to have gotten lost even more. Um, and yeah, that really has to do with like, okay, do you, are you really following like a real scientific process or real methodical process or not? Um, because these are actually fundamental things that seem to have been forgotten in this uh, big data AI uh, age. Yeah. I also have to share some context for the next question I'm about to yeah. ask, Michael. So on the evening of Wednesday, December 2nd, Timnit Gebru, who is a co-lead of Google or who was the co-lead of Google ethical AI team, announced via Twitter that the company has forced her out. Gebru, a widely respected leader in the AI ethics research, is known for co-authoring a groundbreaking, a groundbreaking paper that showed facial recognition to be less accurate at identifying women and people of color, which means it can end up as discrimination against them. She also co-founded the Black in AI Affinity Group and champions diversity in the tech industry. A series of tweets, leaked emails, and media articles show that Gabriel's exit was a combination of conflicts over other papers she co-authored. Jeff Dean, who is the head of Google AI, told colleagues in an internal email, which he has since put online, that the paper did not meet our bar of public for publication. And that Gabriel said that she would resign unless Google met a number of conditions, which was which it was unwilling to meet. Gabriel tweeted that she had asked them to negotiate a last day for her employment after she got back from a vacation. So this all took place during her vacation. She was then cut off from her corporate email account before her return. And there was a lot of back and forth regarding Timnit being fired or Timnit leaving the company. Eventually, a few weeks later, Google CEO Sundar Pichai said he was sorry about the way the company fired prominent AI ethics co-lead Timnit Gebru. He also said that he accepts the responsibility of working to restore the trust of the Google uh, employees and that the company is now considering the implementation of, listen up, de-escalation strategies. Yeah. He concluded his comments about why Google fired one of the best known black female AI researchers in the world by stating that the company treats diversity as a priority. In response to the memo, Gabriel said that Pichai comments play to the trope that she's the angry black woman and called the content dehumanizing, dehumanizing people, dehumanizing. So what I want to know from Michael is given what happened to Timnit Gabriel at Google, are you hopeful for the fight to end bias in AI? Are you hopeful for AI to be used in a positive way to end the different isms in the workplace? I think what the situation shows and of course, even though like I'm looking uh, as outside in, I think what you do see is like this shows that for me, like this, the bias in AI is again, not really the issue. It's again, really biasing humans, like uh, the way the people treat each other, uh, the way the communication was handled in this specific situation. Um, I also remember her saying that uh, she felt that she wasn't even treated as a person, not mm -hmm. even treated as a human being. So yeah, if I'm hopeful, like, yeah, I've, I've also already been around for quite some time. And I think like 
whether people will use AI in a manner to, to really uh, sort of diminish bias or not. Uh, I, I think like when you look at the whole broader discussion about, okay, what, for instance, why, why is there bias in AI? Like why is there so much inequity or inequality mm -hmm. in the world? Um, then it's going to be a, a very long journey still. And I, I think like AI is just a tool. Um, it's like, it has a lot of potential, but it really depends on the people behind it, like if they care or not. And we also consider like the year that we had last year, like with the whole uh, summer of focus on anti-racism work all of a sudden, because like mm -hmm. back in the days, if you would talk about a subject that basically would mean that you would be out of work. Yes. Uh, but last year it became uh, politic, it became popular, it became safe to quote Martin Luther King's words from a uh, long ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden it, it was cool to do that, to be that, all about that. But even after that year, to see like how the communication was yeah, done in this specific case, it also shows that yep, either people haven't learned anything or they just don't care. So like, yeah, it already shows that I'm not necessarily that hopeful because like I say, like, yeah, you've been dealing with this stuff for so many times. Like, it's just like the isms, they morph into different forms and they yes. then just pop up again. So no, I think it's gonna take, take a long time. And for me, like I said, like the whole bias in AI for me isn't really the issue. It's like, okay, it, it was already there. Like, it's not like that I'm surprised if, if for instance, like if there's a situation that, that there's certain bias in AI, must I then be surprised? When I look at like, you know, my posts to make on LinkedIn, a lot of historical posts, like I know history. So is there a reason for me to be surprised? It's just, okay, the AI actually helps you. It shows you, you don't want to believe me. Well, here's your own AI. Your own AI yeah. shows you that you're being racist and that you're being sexist. So yeah, whether I'm hopeful or not, I think it will, it will take a lot of time. And uh, that's, if people need to have like a, a willingness to also like uh, acknowledge their own harmful behaviors and the harmful effects on other people. And then also be willing to not only acknowledge, but to commit to doing the work to try to yeah, better your own behaviors um but that will take time and like when i'm honest like yeah just look at the society we live in like this uh i i, I always have hope like it's not mm -hmm. I'm always, I'm always, i i i get you i totally yeah. understand where you're coming yeah. from and given the fact that we are both black people yeah. um yeah there there are so many layers that goes on to this and especially the, the fact that we live in a country where the majority of the population, the white population, is not ready yet, I say ready yet, yeah. to admit what the work they can be doing yeah. to embrace, to amplify diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. And like I said, it's not the majority, it's the majority. So if you feel offended by listening to you and you are a crusader or you are an ally, this is not for you. Yeah. We are sharing this merely so that other people will move up to a next level when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And especially what happened to Timnit, Gabriel, it happens to so many people of color, so many women, so many other people that are that don't have a network, that don't have a community. Timnit's, Timnit Gabriel's luck is she, ha she is a thought yeah, leader. Indeed. She's highly seen and she has a huge network. Yeah. And what puzzles me is that she was hired by Google to... Yeah, yeah showcase to help decrease the bias yeah. and to for it to become a more diverse tool yeah. yet she's fired yeah, for yeah. doing the same work yeah that's quite uh, interesting indeed to uh and also like just the way that it happened like mm. like the way uh, then during a holiday during a vacation yeah indeed yes yeah. so it's uh like so i talked to someone also about this and she also said like okay if you consider like the stature that uh, Tim has in her mm -hmm. field yeah. uh, and that it would happen to her in such a manner she was like okay what would have happened to me then if I was in that situation because it I, would be I'm quiet not stars, nobody so, would uh, even known that it happens to you and that's why I'm saying I'm I'm glad that you 
said yes to this interview because it happens to so many so many of us. It used yep. to happen to me as well. Yep. And in that situation, you leave the organization quietly because imagine yep. the mental strain that she's going through. Imagine her recharging her battery while yep. somebody else is kicking her to the ground. Yep. It's not easy. No, indeed. And it's also not easy on top of like uh, probably a lifetime of having gone through stuff. Yeah. Uh, because it does take it. Uh, yeah, a toll on people to have to deal with exactly. uh, these kinds of things. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. But again, like the question was whether I'm hopeful. I think uh, it will take a lot of time. And I'm also like, yeah, always trucking forward. Um, but at the same time, I'm realistic about the world we live in. And like, especially when, like, when you know history and like, even though I'm a data <laughs> scientist, uh, I, I love history more even than data science. And like, when you just look at the history, like, because they talk about bias, but when you look at stereotypes, like the historical roots of stereotypes, mm -hmm. if you really analyze those things, there's so much I can say about that. Like, uh, there is this saying about history repeating itself in some way, and there is so yeah. much truth in that as well. Is there anything else that you would like to share to inspire the listeners? Um, well, I think that like technologies such as AI, they certainly have a, a lot of potential for good. You can do fantastic stuff with uh, the technology, um, but it really depends. Like, okay, uh, for instance, like when you look at recruiting, it actually can present you a mirror. It can really mm -hmm. show you like, okay, this is how stuff went down in the past. Uh, do you really want it like that? Or do you want to change it? Uh, if you want to change it, then you can try to uh, then work out a way forward to do that. Uh, and if you say that you're okay with how it was, then okay. Then that also tells us a lot about who you are and what you, what you stand for. But I think that yeah, it, it can really, it, the technology in itself, it can do a lot of good stuff. But the thing is like, okay, if you place space in the hands of people that have historically yeah, been uh, engaged in racist or sexist or whatever other practices, exclusionary practices or discriminatory practices, then it will be a problem again. And that, that really doesn't have to do with the technology. It really has to do with the people. And I think you can say, like, okay, with whatever technology you develop, uh, also in the development process, you need to consider the fact that, okay, uh, in what bad ways might it be used? Uh, and that's certainly also the case with AI. It's like if you would start to work on facial recognition, you would just say, okay, I'm just gonna provide it to law enforcement. Uh, Hmm. Given what you know about the world, yeah. then you need to think about, okay, is it really a good, sensible thing to do? Um, but at the same time, also then again, it's, it really has to do with the people because like the reason that it's not a sensible thing is because we know and we see from also all the uh, mobile video footage, we see that, well, not all law enforcement or yeah, in, uh, behaving in a, in a proper manner when it comes to people of color or to yeah. other people. So, and that's the, that's the problem then. Like if, if they weren't like that, then the technology also would not be a problem. It is a problem because we see the evidence uh, that they actually are not unbiased. And we actually do see that racism and sexism is most definitely an issue. So, And it's scary. Yeah. It's scary to think yeah. that when my son becomes an adult, that he will be, and if he's driving in yeah. a car, that it's luxury for, you know, too luxury yeah, yeah, yeah. for the standard. That he will be, you know, the police will be stopping him just because he's driving in a fancy car. That is heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking yeah, yeah, yeah. for even to justify how you got it, to justify yeah. where you're going and to be just stopped by authority because it's their word against yours as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, like you're like already guilty and then you need to prove your innocence, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, this answer does not, might not necessarily inspire the listeners, mm -hmm. but it's more like... Um, I think like the technology, I think, like I said, like for me, technology is, is never the issue. It's, it's always humans. Um, I'm never like, for instance, even though I'm like a data scientist, like, and I develop these kinds of systems, like for me, the problem is not the technology itself. It's like I said, it's humans. Like, okay, humans, you need to check your data. You need to supervise the technology. You need to check your, your work. If you do not check it, 
yeah, well, th that's not a problem of the technology. It's the problem of the humans. Like, yeah, but also, yeah. also when the tool, the, the developers, the engineers behind the tool are not diverse enough, not adding into the different layers of diversity, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are taking in a scope from, for instance, the white male yeah. and putting it out there, making it seem that it's a template for all the people. Exactly. And again, you raise a point again, but, and again, you see the, the problem there is not technology again, it's humans. Like yeah. you can develop technology, but it's humans. And then humans also make jump because even for me, like I can say, like I can start developing technology. Um, then would I only do that? I can say I, I can then all, only incorporate people of color. I can do that. And I can mm -hmm. say I can only use data from people of color to do that. Um, but does that make sense? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, do you care? Like, it, you, then also you ask yourself the question, like, do you care enough about other people to also yeah. want to incorporate them or do something about them? And you know, then based on the evidence that we've seen, like you can say like also the evidence of things not seen, sometimes people might say that, well, we, uh, we do not do certain stuff on purpose, but then just looking at the facts, I'm like, well, it would be quite a coincidence to be doing certain stuff for 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, and not do it exactly. on purpose. That would be exactly. That would be quite magical <laughs> if you were able to do that. So, yeah, yeah. I don't buy yeah. that. I, I get that. I get that. As a, a final question, yeah. what is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and AI in recruiting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 2025 is not. It's quite soon, actually, already. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, like, yeah, I've also been around for quite a while. So yeah, to be honest, yeah, my wish, of course, I would, would wish that there would be more room uh, in the workplaces for also those other values, like I talked about, like empathy and being supportive. And just like, not only have to focus on just on the self and uh, trying to make as much money as possible, but also really to also consider like the, the fact that you're dealing with humans, uh, you're not dealing with numbers. Uh, so that would be my wish, but realistically, like I've been around for such a long time, and like I said, I study history, uh, I do not see that actually happening in uh, these, uh, just these few years, so it will take way longer, and yeah, my wish for AI and recruiting, yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a wish for AI and recruiting, like I, I work with the technology in general, uh, recruiting is one application, mm -hmm. um, but for me, like if it would work, like I, would, I wouldn't say that you, you need to use it or you don't need to use it, it's more like, okay, um, are you willing then to... Uh, apply it in a responsible manner? And are you willing to like, when it provides you that mirror and shows you like, okay, this is what you've been doing. Are you then willing to do something about your human recruiters or your internal processes? Or will you just be saying like, okay, uh, things are getting too hot right now. I'm just going to deactivate the program and just continue as I've done before. Uh, that can also happen, <laughs> but yeah, then you haven't actually learned anything. So uh, yeah, my wish would be like, I would look further than just the technology because I, I'm not here to push technology. I would say, okay, are you really willing uh, to to address the issues of bias in companies and it yeah like I said, there's so many isms um, specifically when you look at the Netherlands where it's like also like when you just look at female representation you see mm -hmm. that that's uh, quite lacking in the Netherlands and I'm like also there for me you cannot tell me that you're not aware of the fact because if you're not aware of the fact like do I have magical eyes then that I can see that the women are not there and that you cannot see that like yeah you, you see that there's a big mismatch there so I think like my wish would be that yeah, people would um, yeah, basically stop with, with the fakeness and stop, I think the technology, I think even though, of course, you, you, you contact me to talk about technology, but I think like when you also look at my answers, like all the issues that I'm basically talking about are not technology issues. It has all to do with people and mindsets, behaviors, uh, unwillingness to really look at the way that they've historically been uh, behaving and treating others, uh, also the way that they apply the technology. Uh, because like if you 
you can apply technology in a responsible manner, but like I say, if you if you don't check the data, whether it's really diverse, if all the people have the same background that are developing it, um, and even you can have the same background, but you can also still have a certain open mindset. But if you don't yes. have that, if you still mm -hmm. support things the same way, then you have a problem. If you don't check the outcome for different groups, then yeah, the technology isn't a problem. So I think like my wish is that really like that this this whole way of working that that would be more professionalized and that people would um, yeah stop focusing necessarily on the technology, but more on the way that they develop and deploy and monitor the technology and make sure that um, yeah that the human element is then represented in all those different places. Um, because I think that's the, pr the problem with the technology. The, the technology itself, yeah, it doesn't do that much new, actually. Right? The main thing that it does is provide a mirror and that might be uncomfortable. People just don't want to see that, don't want to know it, but I don't think that AI, the AI there is really, like even like if companies use AI now in recruitment, um, yeah, the only reason that it might be an issue is because all the human factors that we've talked about, that is like the, ma the main reason that it would be an issue because if all those other things were yeah, dealt with, um, then yeah, this would not even be a real issue. So, yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for agreeing to have this conversation. And I learned so much from this conversation and also for the listeners. If you want to connect with Michael, he can be found on LinkedIn where he educate people about the history, making comparisons about what's happening, you know, way back in the day, what's happening now and where it stems from. I, I have really appreciated Michael's honesty, really appreciated Michael's truth when it comes to supporting those that are willing to listen and learn and to do better. And that's why I invited him here. So thank you all for listening to this special episode of Let's Humanize the Workplace. And until the next time, bye. <laughs>